Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Neural DSP. And now Guitar Nerds listeners get 30% off all Neural DSP plugins with voucher code Guitar Nerds. Neural DSP create unique industry-leading guitar and bass plugins designed to make you sound exactly how you want without any sacrifice in tone or dynamics. Their range includes signature plugin rigs available from some of the best modern guitarists in the world, like Corey Wong, Tosin Abassi, Adam Nolly Get Good, and Pliny. Plugins like Corey Wong's Archetype give you everything from crystal clear cleans and edge of breakup blues brashness, whilst the 14 series brings out all the crushing modern metal distortion you could possibly need. The point is that there's an amp here for every type of player, and with a 14-day free trial of any of the plugins at neuraldsp.com, with no credit card required, you can try before you buy and then purchase with the confidence that you're buying the right rig for you. And don't forget, enter code GUITARNERDS at the checkout for 30% off all Neural DSP plugins. Follow links in the description of this podcast or visit neuraldsp.com for more info. Check out Reverend Guitar's incredible range of artist signature models. With nearly as many artist line guitars as they do in their standard range, there is something for every type of player. The Greg Koch signature Gristlemaster and the Pete Anderson Eastsider T are both examples of wonderful twists on a classic T-style guitar. The Pete Anderson offers a more traditional appearance but with plenty of hot rodding going on under the hood. Modifications include a chambered body, stainless steel saddles, compound radius fretboard from 10 to 14 inches, embossed knobs and a push-pull face switch for loads of tonal options. Whilst the Greg Koch has the very modern Fishman Fluence pickups and a gorgeous non-traditional raised centre ridge. These subtle alterations result in an incredibly cool looking to die for blend of retro and modern. Both guitars offer different but wonderful T-style alternatives at Reverend's usual fantastic price point. Check them out, along with the rest of Reverend's substantial range of guitars and basses at reverendguitars.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello. And Jay Cross. 
Hi, Joe and Matt. I, I actually, generally, you, you said my name, and then I was like, what do I say now? Yeah, it's, well, it's normally I, I, whatever so you ge- want. I, 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 actually, I actually forgot my own name. Last to answer to my own name. Yeah, last week you said uh, something, both of you just said something normal, which was which was made for a nice change. The podcast almost sounded oh, sorry. professional Norm- off the bat. Normal service shall be resumed. Yeah. Joe, I need. I feel like I need to call you out on something here, which mm. is uh, something that only you, me, and Matt can see. But in the podcast notes, yeah, you have linked. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about that? <laughs> so you've got, you've got. So a, at a the little top, bit the, you've got a little bit at the top there that has the name of the hosts. I'm not yes. sure why. Is that first of all? Is that in case you forget our names? Yes. And then secondly, they're hyperlinks that that go through to uh, someone <laughs> under Matt's name. It's someone else called Matt Knight. And then on my name, yeah. it's an article from the Argus.co.uk, which is the local area uh, news website from 2004 yeah where someone with my name escaped from prison <laughs> yes so <laughs> i mean i was alarmed to read it as well jay i thought you were so squeaky clean well, I, I mean think... in, in 2004 i was uh 17 16 at this point in 2004 so and this guy is forty-seven, so yeah, not quite, it wasn't. I've got. I feel like I, I've probably got a relatively cast iron alibi here. <laughs> I was probably at school, hmm. so um, yeah. In fairness, Gov, it wasn't me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I was enjoying looking up everyone's names and finding out if there'd been any criminal activity performed by anyone with those names in the past. Did you? Presumably, when you found when you looked up your name, all you found it's was just me, your yeah. criminal activity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't. All that's right. in fact I, been there for local for about... dunce tries to buy. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I like this. I like this. Matt Knight, semi finalist on Let It Shine, BBC One, singer, yeah. compare, dancer, actor. That's you, Matt. I, that is me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually one of my favourite Matt Knight stories is. When my mum found a top loader CD on the floor and uh, was like, oh, oh I, I like top loader. I'll, I'll take that, put it on in the car, opened it up, credit, Matt Knight. And she phoned me and was like, I didn't know you played on Dancing in the Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> the bass player is also called Matt Knight. <laughs> I was like, mum, that wasn't me. I mean, oh, wow. not only did that song come out when I was about... <laughs> 12 years old. <laughs> oh, I mean, in fairness, that song is an absolute banger. So, you know. Yeah. Good uh, on you. Yeah, well you know. It was, uh, it was a highlight of my career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job. Good job. Well, there you go. I, 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 wish I, had, I wish I had the confidence of a mum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I want to hear, dear listener, if you if you are on the Guitar Nerds Facebook group. <laughs> if you're in Top Loader, why don't you If you're on the Guitar Nerds Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum, tell us if you've got a, uh, a criminal doppelganger who's performed anything more severe than Jay's attempted uh, escape from prison or Matt's successful career in Top Loader. T- 2000, that record came out. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Turn of the century. 
years ago. Oh dear me! That wow, is that is good. Maths. What ride? This is. I feel like this is going well, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> well, there we go. I'm we into should, it. I'm enjoying I, it. I do want to introduce our new patrons for this year. Oh, Those even people better. who for this week rather this year. This that would be very long. For this for this. Uh, week, I'd like to introduce our new patrons who have joined us over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. So hello to Sean Hughes, who joins us at the $10 tier. Um, so hello, Sean. Thank you very much for joining us. And also to Mohan Mudha. I think I'm saying that right, but uh, welcome, Mohan. And thank you very much for uh, for joining us as well. It's going to be an exciting, uh, an exciting ride over on our Patreon. Now this this week we're uh, we're actually we're going to launch another giveaway. It's the second pink giveaway. We did one I don't know some months ago, like seven eight months ago. I don't know six months ago, something like that. Some time ago we did a pink giveaway. I, it doesn't it. feel that long ago. N- no, well maybe it was less. I don't know. Was it during the the pandemic? I think it was before. I don't know. I don't, sure. I don't remember anything that happened before. No, but we, we gave away a load of uh, a big barrel of pink stuff. And I got some more pink stuff. So I thought we should uh, we should do another giveaway. So we've teamed up this time with a wonderful Ernie Ball music man. And also with Bad Penny Effects, who we spoke about last week. And we're going to be giving away one pink Sterling by Music Man Cutlass short scale. And one pink Bad Penny Effects nerd fuzz, which we spoke about on last week's episode. Now, of course, the the Sterling uh, by Music Man Cutlass short scale we received uh, a few weeks ago, and I think we spoke about it on the podcast then. A lovely, very affordable, gorgeous-looking, simplified version of the Cutlass in uh, a winning scale length that I'm a big fan of. So that and the pedal. Uh, There are pictures of both of these things all over our our social media so go and check them out if you're not familiar with either um and uh yeah so I, I guess from now until the 26th of october you can enter to win all you need to do is same as before visit any of the major social uh media platforms for guitar nerds and find the pink giveaway entry post from there all you have to do is comment on the post and tag a friend who you think should also enter and we'll be announcing the winner right here on the podcast on the episode airing on the 28th of October. Um, But yes, exciting, a guitar and a pedal this time. The guitar was the thing that was missing from last, uh, the last giveaway, I think. Oh, what, because you stole it? Mm. (laughs) Your criminal activity. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, that was Jay, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) yes, exactly. But yes, so so dear listener, join us, win something. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, but yes, yeah, speaking of pink things, um, me and Matt received um, a pair of Echo Line pedals through the post recently, um, didn't we, Matty? We did. I um, got the Silicon High Gain Fuzz, and I got the Roadrunner. But I believe you've already got the Roadrunner, the big box version of the Roadrunner. I have. Yes, our, our original Gear of the Year winner. Um, and so, obviously, we we spoke a bit about Echo Line since their return. Um, in the late summer and uh, finally got round to trying the, the five pedals in the new range and my, my all-out uh, winner obviously loved the road one, runner but um, was the was the silicon high game mm. fuzz it sorted everything I kind of wanted a big muff to do but without some of the like extra noise and it cleaned up on the volume control a little bit more um, it sort of did, just did a bit of everything so I was like that's that's my absolute favorite and then they were like oh well we're making a super limited run of hot pink 
uh, versions, and uh, they want to send me one, and they want to send you a Roadrunner, Joe, they for, did, your, for yes. your hard work. So It's like these people just sort of know how it works, really, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> do, you, do you want to sponsor the Guitar Nerds podcast? No. Uh, okay, just release something in pink, and we'll probably talk about it anyway. <laughs> Don't tell people <laughs> the secret. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the Roadrunner Transparent Overdrive, which I was a, a massive fan of that. So dead simple, you know, uh, three control overdrive. Um, and then with a, with a separate like clipping diode. So two different voicings, one quite traditional, one quite modern. And one just one with no diode. So just a very open um, kind of volume heavy mode. But sounds absolutely gorgeous. Um, I was even using it for, for bass as well, like blending it in with a Boss LS2. Um, and blending up some of the clean signal, um, although it is very low gain. So I think for, for for bass, it was nice for a little bit of edge, but really it comes alive on, uh, you know, running it through a Blues Junior with a with a with a telly. I thought it was just, you know, just an, an absolute. Those three things together were fantastic for me. I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend them, and only whatever they are, like one hundred and twenty pounds. I think the Echoline stuff is very, very reasonable. But yes, we're super grateful for getting the pink pedals through. It adds to yeah, my pink collection. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've got I've got quite a few now. I've actually got a shelf of just pink pedals. Hmm. Um, which Have is you wicked. Got, who made you that pink DD three? DD three? DD Mammoth five? Electronics. DD3. Uh, yeah, no, it's a it's 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 obviously just a standard DD three, but they refinished it in pink sparkle with oh. white text. Uh, which is super, super cool. So uh, that sits on my pink pedal board next to my shelf of pink pedals. And uh, I'm probably just missing a pink panther. Oh, no, wait, I do have a pink panther. I've got a pink panther. (laughs) Well, I think that belongs Um, to us communally. Yes. So, yeah, nice collection of pink pedals next to pink guitars and pink amps. Mm. Um, But, yeah, honestly, I would... if if you're in the market for a new fuzz, the high gain silicon fuzz is is definitely worth a look in, especially if you want to support a nice small UK brand. Yes, absolutely. Hey, speaking of pink amps, uh, you know what I ordered this week? No, two, Joe, two, tell two, me. Two pink amps. <laughs> we uh, well, Zilla cabs. Uh, we've got some guitar nerds, a mini super stack thing coming from Zilla cabs in. Uh, in shell pink with white binding and like a basket weave mesh. I'm very excited. That's cool. See? What um what speakers is, uh, has it got in it? Actually, um, I I think I, I've gone for a greenback or creamback in one of them, and the other one I left unloaded because I've got um a Celestian uh one of the ones that you sent me, Matt. Um, which is one of their oh one of their full the, range the ruby the, no the X twelve hundred FX twelve hundred that's right yeah which um, is which is kind of perfect for using with modelling pedals and things like that um so I thought I thought maybe something maybe I'd just fit that and have one as a, as something I could just switch over speakers in and then have the other one with something a bit more traditional yeah. I, th- I think that's it's tricky though. You've got to be careful with that that full range one because it 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 worked well on its own, but sometimes with certain speaker pairings, it could be a bit bit weird. I think you should go for the heaviest possible magnets right into this giant speaker cab, 
um, you know, just to make it ultra ungiggable. Yes, that, <laughs> that's that's true. I should follow in your footsteps. Um, yes, the, yeah, he, yeah I idea. mean, definitely don't need to take it around at the moment. So you know. So this week I uh, I went up to Ashdown, seeing as I'm helping them out with all their social media and uh, and 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 whatnot, and uh, you know I, I I went up to 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 Essex where they are to to check out their their uh, their factory and their studio and everything else like that, and um, Dan the the fellow that uh, that runs the place, he was like he, he took me down to the factory floor where all the amplifiers are, and. Uh, and he said, "You can go on a bit of a supermarket sweep if you like," which for me was the uh, the, the greatest thing I think anyone has ever said oh, to me. D- are you sure they just didn't want you to grab a broom and like clean up the warehouse? Uh. <laughs> 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 a bit upset, and you're just there like pulling stuff out. Like, oh yeah, I'll try this. I'll try that. And they're like, Joe, you've barely swept. Yeah, yeah. They didn't say supermarket sweep. What they said is, "Do you mind sweeping the warehouse, mate?" Yeah, you oh, just right. heard I what you I, wanted to hear. I think I've maybe misinterpreted my job role with them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went into their like demo room. I got out two ABM eight tens, and then I got two ABM twelve hundred. <laughs> you've unboxed eight by tens. How are you even getting it back in the box? Well, I, t- I sort of left that to them. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yes. Uh, classic Joe Brown to move that. I remember. I remember that all too well. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, it was great. I made myself a big Who's double left rig. these Yamaha bases just out in the middle of the floor at Gak? I don't understand what's going on here. I, I got distracted. No, but no, yes, it was uh, it was wonderful. But I uh, I got to try out all their stuff. I got to try out their Pro Effects pedals. They do a range of eighteen volt um, bass effects pedals. Which do includes... they come with a power supply? They do not. They don't. Are you <laughs> no. serious? Yeah, yeah, they don't. Oh they don't. no! <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, if you buy a good power supply, like for example. Uh, future Guitar Nerds podcast partner Trox Power Supplies, then all of their uh, power supplies can do 9, 12, 15, or yeah. 18 at the simple flick of a switch. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not like the old days. No, it's not sure. Like the old days. But I will admit that if I, if I hadn't just taken delivery of sort of like eight different Trox pedal boards, I, I probably would have struggled to power some of these ProFX things. <laughs> um, but what, the best one for me was the Guy Pratt. Um, signature compressor, the macchiato um, compressor, where um, it, the the controls for the compressor are it's a fixed threshold and fixed ratio to the compression, but you have a a bass, middle, and treble. They're not named that. They've got sort of coffee-related names, but bass, middle, and treble control. But that's not an EQ. It's a rotary applying the amount of that predetermined ratio and threshold to each band of EQ, so it's kind of a manual multi-band compressor. So the compressor, essentially, it's like it's like a no-knob compressor. So you can't change any of the uh, like uh, you can't change any of the attributes of the compression itself. No, but Guy Pratt has made that decision for you. Yeah, but what you can do is change the frequency range that the compression will um, like attack or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. Attack was a bad choice of word. I, yes, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, but <laughs> apply yeah, itself too. Yeah. 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 So you can. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to have your mids 
uncompressed, then you just leave that where exactly. It is. And sort of quite a common thing for this, which is why multiband compression is so good, is you can do things like you can let a lot of your low end come through and then really sort of tame some of that high end, which would spike out of a mix if it, it you know, if, if it was left uncompressed. See, no, I'm, I'm completely the opposite. I really want to make sure that the, the, the mid range is what's coming through. And I need, I I need only that. mid. Only mids. That's all I want is mids. I, I scoop the mids, sense. but what I do is I scoop more mids in. Right, right. I understand. So you yeah. scoop in and out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I understand. Right. That makes that makes perfect sense. Extra but it's kind mid, of it's similar medium. to the to the Origin Effects when Origin Effects did their uh, bass compressor, um, their Cali seventy six bass compressor. It had this this LPF, which is a low pass filter, but it's not a low pass filter. What it was was the more you turned it up, the more it removed the compression that it was applying to your low end. So that was essentially, you know, the more you turned it up, the more your low end would be left alone by the compressor, which is kind of a uh, similar yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a similar thing, just with a different control that, that you know, that the Guy Pratt uh, compressor is going Well, I, I assume it's probably the same thing, actually. It probably is a low-pass filter. It's probably got yeah. a low-pass, a high-pass, and a band-pass filter attached to the, you know, attached to those frequencies. And that's essentially what you're doing is you're... You're turning up the um, efficiency of the of the the whichever filter that you want, so that the natural sound will come through or not, or yes, the effective yeah. sound. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, Matt, you you were saying you you uh, saw Guy Pratt the other week. I did, yeah. And uh, I was saying we need to get him on the podcast. I mean, the guy to me has one of the just sort of most legendary bass tones ever i mean he's played on so many like ridiculous records it's just unbelievable and i was like we need to get him on the yeah. podcast and talk gear i mean the first time i um because he was a he was a customer at gak that's how we sort of was he first yeah. met him yeah yeah we sold him uh i think jay I sold, sold him i sold him an american standard strat i remember yeah. it well it was, a, he was it was a nice one as well um yeah american standard strat that was that was when we first um we first sort of started speaking to him and then I spoke to him, uh, got sort of reintroduced, but started speaking to him again after I went to Toman a few years ago. And uh, yeah, he's been doing this lockdown licks thing on his YouTube channel, like talking about all the records he's played on. And uh, you know, like when he plays like the baseline to like, like a player prayer by Madonna. And she's like, imagine being one the bass player on that record. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just like he played on earth song by Michael Jackson. I mean, Oh, that's a really good Damn. lockdown look, look lick that video because he talks all about like the octave effects that he was using on that. Yeah, well he um the reason I saw him recently was to give him an, an OC five. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> because he he said his first rig was basically a OC two into a dimension an S D D three twenty rack. That was his rig. That was his like studio rig that he took everywhere. Right. Um, and now what he's done is he's bought loads of Donner pedals from Amazon and uh, <laughs> it's just replicated the sound perfectly. No, he played on Madonna. Record. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that and her effects line? I have yeah, no idea. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a secret. We're not supposed to know that. Yeah, yeah. Right, I see. Shh, it's a secret. <laughs> Shut up. 
Now we had been we'd been talk, talking previously about the uh, the base center Guy Pratt Betsy base, which Matt you made me aware of. I didn't even know they did this. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, Joe, you're you're the one here for base related queries. Um, <laughs> but I, I he did mention it that um, they've got that the Betsy base um, because I was I was keen to get one for the. Um, keen to get one for the podcast now the website does say out of stock yeah uh, does it just yeah it just says out of stock yeah currently sold out burgundy mist matching headstock says betsy on the headstock oh, are those emgs they are emgs it comes loaded with emgs great now, that that's that a proper jazz bass um yeah. but yeah i think um i think you'll have some stories to tell absolutely yeah, yeah um, absolutely. and yeah getting uh Getting Gary uh, Kemp Getting. on there be pretty good as well, and then we can um, we can sort of work alright. And I've become relatively good friends with Lee Harris, who is also in that in that band, um, and he's done a lot of stuff, including playing for the Blockheads. Um, yes, oh, cool! So yeah, definitely, definitely, we've got some some times for some some people that actually know about gear who've actually toured you know played gigs <laughs> unlike me with yes. their so-called giggable rigs <laughs> although i've got a feeling that probably anyone who had a guitar rig in the 80s it probably was ungiggable to most yeah. um it's just that you had guitar techs and things that helped you out um yeah. but uh yeah. yeah we should we should we should absolutely organize that i reckon it'd be uh it'd be wicked it would be wonderful and amazing. Um, now, boys, there is a lot of news for us to talk about this week. It's been a very exciting week in the world of guitars. So, well, uh, so... no one cares about Nam anymore. So, well, might as well yeah. release it now. <laughs> That's exactly it. No one's holding off, so we're getting all the cool stuff now. So let's uh, let's dive headfirst into a big old barrel of news. news. First up, first up. Where should we start? Who should we start with? Who's got the most exciting piece of news, do you think? Why don't we start with the bass-related query, Joe? Uh, okay, fine. Uh, uh, yes. All right. Get that one we'll out go. of the way. <laughs> out of the way. This is one of the most exciting things to happen maybe ever. So, dear <laughs> listener, Yamaha have announced a 30th anniversary Billy Sheehan Yamaha attitude base and this is incredibly cool because of course billy's original fender p base which he dubbed the wife um was a was the the bass guitar that I, I i guess he trialed all the mods that are now standard on the attitude things like the the double input if you're not familiar he has each of the two pickups in his bass wired to a different output so that he can use a, a double amp setup, one for the neck pickup with all the bassiness and one for the precision pickup with all that sort of the mids and the aggression. And uh um and, and what he'd done on the wife is 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 cut a uh, an EBO a Gibson EB style mudbucker into the neck position and keep the precision, the fender precision pickup in the in the middle position. He'd then scalloped out some of the, the neck. His his P base was originally sunburst, but all the finish had come off and it, it pretty much looked natural with a torque guard. Of course a vintage lacquered neck, uh, sort of being off the time. And so the Yamaha attitude is 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 a very clean representation of that. He normally has it in surf green. He's had it in some reds and blacks, but normally surf green with a sort of, you know, like a satin maple, that sort of light maple that's, you know, very popular these days, um, neck 
sort of thing. So on this one, they've gone for like a vintage tint, almost looks like a, a baked maple neck and board. It's sunburst, it's taut guard. They've gone for a chrome, the neck pickup, which is now the willpower, the Demacia willpower, um, is, is in a chrome housing to make it look like the old Gibson neck pickup. Everything about this is absolutely perfect. And I was like, oh my goodness, well, I'm going to buy this. And then I discovered that they were only making 30 of them. And I was like... It's What's less... the 30th anniversary? Exactly. So I was like, well, it's less likely I'll be able to get one of these if there are only 30. There are only so many strings I can pull. And then I realised that it's 7,000 US dollars. Um, so I'm guessing these will be made um, in the sort of Yamaha um, custom shop in Calabasas, right? I assume so. I presume that's where all the um, attitudes get made, as they do fetch a £3,000 price no, tag I, I, as I think those ones may be built in Japan. Right. No, because you remember when we when we were out there 2018... And See. we met the met the lovely people there who were building some of the, the sort of custom shop stuff and the custom rev stars and this that and the other, and I wondered whether a bot, a, a base of that limited number um, was being built in in that factory. Um, mm. It looks very good. I must admit, when you were describing, it, I was like, oh, it does sound really good, and the picture looks amazing. And I'm like, oh, and the price is expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad that this isn't available as more of a standard. You know, this sort of traditional finish, because that's almost the problem with the Attitude for me, and I think why I haven't bought one. Whilst they feel very traditional, they have a massive, big, thick, deep neck. Um, they look very, very modern and very surfy, and I kind of want something that looks more like his old B-Base, which I think looks cracking, and this is uh, this yeah. does exactly that. I um, I went onto the Yamaha website, and uh, it's somehow I've it's linked me to... Um, Yamaha sort of engines. I'm like, oh, maybe I want a Yamaha ATV. <laughs> what? Or just, well, just their off-road four-wheelers. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> this is, how did I get here from Billy Sheehan base to outboard motors? That's the best thing um, about Yamaha. They do everything. Yeah, yeah. So you could buy a snowmobile and <gasps> a Billy Sheehan base. What's more expensive, the snowmobile or the base? Hmm... I'm probably going to say the snowmobile. Mm, okay. uh, but I also make golf carts. You might be able to get an affordable oh, golf cart. I would definitely get a golf cart. That sounds awesome. Um, There's a golf course right next to me. And you could get that and and a Billy, Billy Sheehan base and then just, you know, drive around. You know, there's a little video on that. Fun. You need to pitch that to Yamaha, Joe. I'd be totally up for this. This is a wonderful idea. I, I, I'm... <laughs> very interested in this well it is a cool base you know i it's not something anyone's gonna buy except for super fans and i'm sure there are more many more a super fan than i but it is very um, cool has he been yamaha's longest standing endorsee oh i don't know for for i mean maybe they've got some piano players that might have been endorsing that but he's been a yamaha yeah beethoven played yamaha i think yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um he's been yeah yamaha endorsee for 36 years This episode of Guitar Nerds is brought to you by Shergold Guitars and their latest electric guitar, the Provocateur. 
celebrated by Total Guitar Magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones. The Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and So I Watch You From Afar and many others, comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars. Designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA-made Seymour Duncan pickups, it's easy to see why Guitarist Magazine officially voted The Provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019. You can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com and if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. Ernie Ball is excited to announce that the highly anticipated Volume Pedal Junior Tuner Pedal is here. It's the perfect combination two-in-one pedal offering precise volume control with an enhanced definition digital tuner. The pedal features a fast and accurate chromatic tuner with a graphic volume display that's visually attractive and easy to operate. The large display automatically switches between tuner and volume modes depending on the signal level, allowing players to tune at a minimal volume level. However, other always-on configurations are also accessible via double-tapping the touchscreen. The tuner can be calibrated to a variety of ideal reference pitches, and its compact, rugged design consists of aluminium housing and features a stronger, more durable PVC-coated Kevlar cord, ensuring consistent tension throughout the foot sweep. Available in silver, red, white, and black. Visit ErnieBall.com to learn more. Now, back to the podcast. Wow. Wow. He was, uh, you know, Scott's bass lessons. Um, Scott went to see Billy Sheehan recently and did a little video and Billy spoke about his, like, playing style and, and some of his guitars in, like, his studio, the immediate guitars he has around him. And he had two of these old Ibanez basses that were um, that were pink with pink fretboards and pink necks and pink headstocks. They were very cool. I was excited by those most. But... Oh. Uh, yeah, no, super cool collection. Exciting. Anyway, yes, I do feel like I've usurped a lot of this podcast to talk about bass-related queries, and we do now have a separate bass guitar podcast. Oh, yeah, so what's I that should... about then? <laughs> <laughs> so I should be saving a lot of this for that. So let's talk about some other bits and bobs. Matthew Knight, why don't you tell us all about all the new lovely, charming boss stuff? Yeah, I've been super busy. Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And uh, we've 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 had another product launch, um, and. I mean, I'm always excited for, for new boss stuff. Obviously, it's a dream of mine to be able to, to work on this sort of stuff. And to see these bits out in the wild is always really nice and to see some positive comments. Um, so we, first of all, have done the GT1000 core, uh, which some people have pointed out is, is, you know, it's like, oh, it's the boss HX stomp. Um, and I'm sure, yes, it does... Uh, there are some similarities in some sense, but uh, effectively our GT1000 scaled down into a smaller stomp box. Now, what I really like about this is, I mean, I, I like the GT1000, but I'm never going to be a full-time multi-effects user um, right. because I don't want to give up the pedal board that I've built and the pedals that I've got. And, you know, yes, you can obviously integrate them with a GT1000, but then kind of a multi-effects feels like its own thing its own you know everything's in its own its own bubble um so gt1000 core was a kind of and and it's similar with the hx stomps it kind of allows you to bring that multi-effects into your pedal board and it become part of your your whole rig or if you just want a smaller desktop unit it's obviously great for that or it's a, a fly rig or something well that's um, like, like i mean i i mentioned to you off the podcast that that was kind of what was so convenient for me about it is because i'm use the gt1000 as my thing that i run everything into in my sort of plumbed in recording suite but yeah. i have to assign basically an entire desk i have an l-shaped desk and i have a, an entire one side of it assigned to the gt1000 just so i can plug things in and out of it easily whereas if i had the core well that can just go on top of a speaker somewhere yeah um so it's basically the same chassis as a 500 series but it's the full gt1000 so we haven't left anything behind in terms of processing power which i think is a really big thing and quite a few people picked up on that uh on the launch day so yeah you can have up to 24 effects running simultaneously um and then all of that has got seamless carryover into the next patch um which is which is really cool so there's no sort of limitation That's on amazing. dsp power basically what does uh, that mean it means so it's a big thing for people like who use lots of effects it's something that matters to me and especially to tim the guitarist in my band but when he's scrolling through the ms3 for example if he needs to change patch from something that's got like two drives and a chorus and a reverb on it to something with four delays and a reverb and bringing in the one of the line inputs one of the pedal inputs or something um, there's there's a pause, there's a break between the two sounds because that pedal's got to load all of those things. It's only a split second, and it's totally fine for live, but it wouldn't be fine if you were recording. You'd have to find an alternative way of doing that. Gotcha. Um, okay. Which is yeah. which is real tricky if you if you're in a band that use a lot of those effects and you kind of you're using something some multi effects unit as the brain of your setup, and all of a sudden when it comes to actually recording it, you got to find something else yeah so i think it's, uh, um it's things like you know if you've got a nice analog delay with loads of trails when you go that you, you kind of want the sounds to carry over into the next patch but the the dsp thing um are some other multi-effect processes 
uh, every effects block basically is uses a small percentage of um, internal processing, kind of like when you're running processes on a computer until you get to like 100%. Um, so you might find that you stack a couple of, you know, a drive, a delay, and a reverb, but that's used up 80% of the DSP power. So then you want to add in a second reverb, and you're like, oh, I can't because I haven't got enough processing power. Um, so effectively, we've made it sort of unlimited within the GT. So you can load absolutely everything. Every single effects block can be on and running um, at once. But the big thing for me was just the fact this it's the size. It just brings everything into a much smaller, um, sort of more pedalboard friendly arena. So it sits alongside things like the HX Stomp, like the Eventide H9, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I've actually been setting a few patches up just as a multi-effects. So no amp modeling straight into the front of my amp. Um, and it and it worked great. And so, you, you built it onto a little board as well, didn't you? Yes, the uh, Schmidt Array board that we talked about last week got destroyed actually after we recorded that podcast. I think the next day I was like, <laughs> I'm bored of this. I'm just going to rip it apart. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to build this, uh, this GT1000 core onto it. So GT1000 core, so guitar into the OC5, uh, GT1000 core, and then out into the new RC5, uh, which was the next new product so we released two new loop stations um which is amazing considering that obviously rc3 rc30 are like industry standard loop stations so wait um, are these these are replacements these are replacements two? for the 3 and the 30 which believe it or not got launched in 2010 oh um which is just absolute madness and uh, yeah, and you well, think how much the RC3 evolved from the RC2, where it yeah. just had like a rotary well, control and you had like nine banks or something. I mean, like you think RC20, which was the first one, came out in 2001, and up until 2018, we'd sold one million loop stations, which is pretty nuts when you think about a million pedals. I mean, so that R is that is. <laughs> mind-boggling yeah absolutely yeah. mind-boggling a million think, loop a loopers a million think about how many people there are playing somewhere over the rainbow on a high street thanks to you matt i know it's brilliant <laughs> um so rc3 rc3 have been out for a long time and the biggest thing that has even though they've continued to be amazing loads of people have you know adopted a, a an rc3 or an rc30 a lot of the other loopers that have come out have had more processing power um so when it finally came around to us doing these ones we thought well what's the the biggest thing we can do and it's upgrade the processor um and what that means realistically in the way that i've described it to other people is um if you take imagine you take a high definition photograph and the more you kind of zoom in the more you sort of blow up the more pixelated it becomes that's the same as um a lower powered processor on a loop pedal the more you loop the more you overdub um the kind of the worse the audio quality becomes especially when you start adding in guitar bass like a fuzz pedal on top and then maybe some effects and then you're singing it's not the best audio quality it can be i've never thought about that yeah so the new ones are 32 bit so they're the most powerful loop stations on like, the market like a playstation Yes, like the like first PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, like PlayStation. <laughs> or no, two play, Mega Drives. PlayStation can I, can I, can I, Two. Like Crash Bandicoot on it. Uh, <laughs> you probably could. You could probably load. You could probably load Doom into it. You can load Doom into an ATM. So, um, you know, you could probably play Doom on it. I'm sure. And uh, yeah, so that makes a massive difference to the 
audio quality um, and the loop quality. So we've done the RC5, which is the compact version. Um, and it's got thing- a screen. It's got a screen, which is great. The screen is multifunctional. It's- is that the first compact, Boss Compact, to have a screen? Yes. Yes, I can't think of anything else that's got that that size screen on it. The screen is RGB backlit as well, which so the color changes depending on the loop mode you're in, which I find super useful. Um, Thirteen hours worth of recording time, so you can load loads of loops into it. Um, but the biggest thing for me is that it's got MIDI. Um, <laughs> and it, I and I how's it that then MIDI over TRS. It's MIDI over TRS, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, and all of the functions are MIDI controllable. So I've set up four buttons on my ES8 to always be like all of the main loop functions. So it basically works like a TL4. (laughs) So I've got like instant record, um, reverse, uh, like clear and undo. Um, But it's great to be able to do that over MIDI and then sort of, you know, have a switcher board and and, and do all that. Yeah. but the RC500, which is the the big one, um, is a true true two-track looper um, that's obviously still 32, 32-bit, um, but loads of great recording modes, especially things like running things like, um, like parallel but unsynced, so you can do the kind of like moving and shifting ambient Brian Eno thing of two different loops at two different lengths nice. that sort of just like play over and stuff like that. Uh, we've added a a few new effects and things but that's a real like multi-instrumentalist like playground i guess um because obviously you've got the xlr input you've got stereo in stereo out um you've still got midi on it and all sorts of stuff but yeah they're both wicked but the rc5 i've had on my pedal board for the last sort of month uh, my big pedal board and it's been by far the best looper i've used and the screen makes a huge difference just it's just a little bit more visual um but it's been great to have something that I can actually save stuff to and then you know, sort of jump around and recall stuff to MIDI and then offload it over USB and it's all super simple. So yeah, really pleased to to finally see them out and to see an upgrade to the world of loopers. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're definitely like a, a real heritage piece. Like boss boss loopers. They're yeah. a real kind of industry standard, so it's cool that there's a, you know, that there's and, an upgrade um, there. Somehow, I mean, everything that the RC, I mean, both of them, but the RC500 especially in its power, I'm like, how, how have you made it also run off batteries? It's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculously powerful. And, and I mean, it's so good that obviously we kept that because, you know, for buskers and where that, obviously there's a huge amount of market for the RC30, it'd be crazy to take that off. So being able to make it um, battery powered as well is just... Uh, sort of a bit mind-blowing considering the the power that's actually inside do you guys still do the street cube yeah we've sold we've sold (laughs) we've sold this was and this was about probably about 10 years ago we announced that we'd sold a million cubes any size cube or yeah, specifically streets no uh any size cube the whole cube series um but the funniest thing, and I can't remember if I said this on the podcast before, but once uh, Yoshi Kagami, boss, the boss president, and uh, one of the engineers, the leading engineer of the AMP team at the time, were visiting the UK and we were walking round Brighton and there was a busker on a cube street. And I sort of said to the engineer, I said, do you think he knows the person that invented that AMP 
is watching you perform. It's watching this person like perform <laughs> on it now. It's just like, it's just mad. Yeah, because he he basically invented the the microcube, which apparently the story goes at the time everyone said he was crazy. They was like, no one wants a small portable battery powered amp like that. And then they were like, oh, we're going to do it anyway. And then like ten years later, they're like, oh, we sold a million. Yes. <laughs> is there a, is is it still like the industry standard busking amp, the street cube? Yeah, I mean, it feels like a long time since it's had a, an upgrade. Yeah, I think. We've well, there been... was the, there's the Cube Street EX, isn't there? Oh, was there? Yeah, cube oh, Street right. EX, which oh. is the more powerful one with the four speakers. But yeah, oh. Cube Street's been in the market for a really long time. Yeah, a really, really, and there are other others out there, but Cube Street always seems to be. I mean, Bose make a system AR. You know, obviously have some sort of busking system, um, but they all tend to be quite. A little bit more expensive. I think the Cube Street's just way more accessible. It's just a yeah. little bit more simple and easy to dial in. Yeah. They sound great as well. Sound yeah. really good. My yeah. girlfriend's my girlfriend Emma's dad still uses it for all his busking sets. because um, it takes a mic input and a guitar input handy. Yeah, yeah that's good. So um, now he just needs an RC five hundred, and he can go out there and do a bit of Ed Sheeran and that. <laughs> Do a little bit of over the rainbow, yeah, wonderful. yeah, absolutely. It, it is funny though because there, the, there really isn't a huge amount else that does that has the the kind of like, you know, the portability that In, the Cube Street does. Oh know. yeah, yeah, and actually, because I, I, I thought you were talking about the looper then, and I actually looked into it, and in terms of a stereo in and an XLR, there isn't another looper pedal that has that same feature set unless you spend eight hundred euros. What about the um, Infinity Looper? Doesn't have an XLR input. Does it not? Nope. That seems very weird. Nope. The only thing with an XLR input after that is the Headrush Looper board. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, if you if you want to loop vocals as well, or I guess us. a Helix as well. That's got XLR ins. Yeah, but then you've got to a buy looper. a Helix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a twelve hundred quid or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah of course. I, I was uh, I I remember the you know the the head rush the original head rush because it had like a looper functionality on it that that pedal but the looper had this ability to infinitely double the speed of your loop like you could just hit a button and it would double it and then double it again Oh really and, and what, again like and again. Um, like like on YouTube when people say like oh here's the B movie but every time <laughs> someone those. says the word B the speed doubles <laughs> So it's good. exactly that. That is that must have been why they put that function on the pedal. I was like, oh, I've never, you know, like most other things do sort of like a half time and a reverse option, but I love this. Here's, <laughs> the, here's the new polymath record, but every time there's a key change, every time there's a uh, every there's time never there's a key a t- change. Sorry, man. every time there's a time signature change, the, uh, the 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 record doubles in speed. That oh, that yeah. would be brilliant. Yeah, I'd be a bit. Maybe that's the maybe that's the future. Maybe that's the next Polymath record. It's like um, when people did like Flight of the Bumblebee, but every time round it speeds up by five five I, BPM. I tell you what, the, the like I I went through a phase of watching a bunch of those Flight of the Bumblebee videos, and I just I love. I was watching this one in particular, and there's there's just like this guy, this kid who's just playing Flight of the Bumblebee, and he gets his mate to like walk around, walk around the the. Uh, like the room behind him so that he can prove that he's not speeding it up. And his mate is just like, 
oh, Dave, like, why do I have to do this again? Can we not just like play Tony Hawks or something? And he's like, no, <laughs> I must play Flight of the Bumblebee faster than anyone else. Walk around the room so people can see how fast I'm playing. And it's like, there's a clock in the background and there's all these like time pieces. It's really weird. People are, um, yeah, they just love playing Flight of the Bumblebee very, very far. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Oh, yeah, I, I should try and learn that song. Yeah, Definitely it's, uh, not. It's something I've never. Yeah, I don't know how to play. It's 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 something that like you know that uh, I assume a bass player's done it. It must be an example. Probably on like that. an eight string bass. Yeah, yeah. I need to. I need to find that. Anyway, moving on in the news. Um, one of the most exciting things, and I think potentially slightly uh, contentious. Not really content. I actually think it was just me. That was being contentious. You're, I mean, you're just you're trying to make you're trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. Maybe, maybe I've just got, got that board. You got, yeah. you got a reputation to uphold. That's what it is. <laughs> Jay, why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about? Well, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock uh, for the past four or five days, you uh, probably would have heard that JHS have just released uh, six or seven, six um, new, uh, is it six or is it seven? No, it's seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven new um, value range pedals, um, like Tesco do with their bread and uh, Sainsbury's do with their gin, which, by the way, is very good. Um, JHS have now brought out their own brand of pedals, uh, like own name of brand of pedals. And basically what it is is it's, um, the same enclosure. They they they've they've made these pedals uh just a hundred dollars or ninety nine dollars, and they're just very very basic. I watched the um the video that Josh did, kind of explaining where it all came from, and he said, you know, look, I basically I've noticed that there's a trend, and actually I think JHS are you know to a degree part of that, where um, the price of pedals is going up and the complexity of pedals is going up and the amount of features that you get in pedals is is increasing and, and is increasing. And he was like, sometimes I just want to pick up a, a pedal that has a nice reverb sound in it and I don't want to have to spend a load of time dialing it in. I just want to bish, bash, bosh, here we go. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where the 3 Series comes in. And basically, they're, they're still all made in America, um and they are just plain white boxes with three controls and a mini toggle switch that does a different thing depending on which pedal you've got they sound great i i mean i actually really like the kind of minimalist view of it i think they i think they look very cool and the look i was is doing cool. a, i was doing a little bit of um sort of snooping around on the website and uh the manual is really funny as well because the manual is just it it's equally as minimalist as the pedals. So like I've got the chorus one open and it just says volume controls the overall volume of the pedal. Left is less. Right is more. Rate <laughs> controls the rate of the modulation. Left is slower. Right is faster. You know, there's no fruity language about how when you turn up the rate of the chorus, you find yourself in a never ending spiral of clouds and despair you know it's just yeah if you want it to be slower just turn it to the left and if you want it to be faster just bloody bosh it over to the right mate and it'll go faster you know i think i think they've done a really smart thing here so basically just to run through the range there's a chorus a compressor a delay distortion fuzz overdrive and reverb and just to pick out a couple of features from these that i uh i think are, are worth pointing out um with the delay so you've got uh, mix, time, and repeats. You know, it's a very basic 
very basic controls for a delay. And then you've got um, the toggle switch on that will change between an analog sounding delay and a digital sounding delay. With um, the reverb, uh, it's just, again, like a very basic sounding reverb. And the toggle switch, unlike with a lot of reverb pedals, you know, where it will switch between maybe hall and room or uh, like hall and spring or whatever. This is just, it gives you the option to have a bit of pre-delay before the um, uh, before the, the reverb sound actually kicks in. Um, and the other thing that actually, Joe, I, I, I found that I think might kind of turn your head a little bit uh, is with the chorus pedal the uh the toggle switch will uh you can flick that up and it removes the dry signal so that you've got a vibrato rather than just a kind of standard chorus oh that's um, really cool yeah so i think these are very very cool i think um you know there's a bunch of videos out there i'm sure this isn't this hasn't come as a surprise to anybody listening to this podcast uh you know you've all seen the anderson's video or ryan's video or whatever uh, but I, I think this is I think this is smart. And, you know, this is something that we've talked about before, about how pedals are kind of going up and up and up in price. And um, it, it it's nice to have an option for kind of a, a boutique brand doing something that isn't just right. I'm going to make this expensive. I'm going to pack a load of features into it so that I can justify how expensive it's going to be. Um, I think it's nice. I think it's cool. And I think that, uh, you know, if you've kept on top of the videos that uh, JHS have put out over the last couple of years, so much of it has been, you know what? There's some good cheap pedals out there, and basically they've they've gone, yeah. And now we do some as well. So I think it's um for me, it's really good to have one a brand, you know, backed by you know Josh, who's really into gear and and pedals, and like you say, really pushing that sort of like cheap thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to have a modern day brand that's accessible for younger guitar players. Totally, totally. That that to me is always I mean, it's great getting into, you know, getting to play guitar. It's like we didn't all suddenly like start playing guitar and get into like well, I did, you know, obviously start playing guitar and go, I'm just into pedals instantly. And the most expensive <laughs> boutique ones there are, even though boutique wasn't technically a, a thing as we know it now. But you know, I think it's great to see yeah, I mean, I guess you'd walk into, you know, when I worked there, Anton's massive glass case. We always put like the best, coolest, you know, expensive pedals out. And you walk in and go, yeah, I really want, like, I'm, I'm sort of playing guitar. I want a good distortion pedal. And I've got, you know, a hundred pounds to spend. And then you see all these like boutique distortions that are like 250 quid. And you're like, oh, really? It's not really accessible for, for me as like a new player. And I mean, the thing is, is it does really, it really serves a purpose. You know, I think back to being working in the guitar shop and someone coming in and saying like, look, I just basically need a, I just want a basic reverb pedal. What can you recommend? And for ages, the only option really was the Holy Grail. You know, there was that, I guess you could maybe get an RV5 if you wanted, but I mean, I never really liked the sound of them, so I never pushed anybody towards them. Um, and then all of a sudden the Hall of Fame comes out and it's, you know, yeah, there's a load of sounds on there, but it's pretty basic. And then there was kind of nothing again until the RV6 came out, which was, you know, a, a uh, an upgrade over the RV5. Yeah, you, but, you had the but, MXR reverb come out in, in that time as well, which was quite, you know, utilitarian. 
I don't Yeah, but they were expensive, still expensive. Yeah, were they? No, maybe you're cheap. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, and, you know, the, really, there's there's been, unless you go for kind of your real cheaper stuff, so like your Moors and your Hotones and your, um, you know, your Donners. Joyo. Joyo, yeah, exactly. You know, and then, of course, the Behringer stuff that, uh, sorry, the, t- the TC stuff that came out later that was, uh, you know, suspiciously similar to some of the, um, some of the old Behringer pedals. Um, there wasn't a huge amount of of choice, and then I guess a couple of years ago, the the Fender pedals came out, and they kind of fit into that niche a little bit. Um, but you know, there really isn't a huge amount of choice if if you want like a name brand with a uh, with like a a kind of basic control loadout on it and i i think they should be applauded for it i think it's uh i think it's really good because you you see so often brands build up their name and then the prices just continue to go up and up and up and up and just aren't doing that you know they're they're relying on the name and they're relying on uh the the sound of the pedals and they're going for uh that they're saying no look these sound good and we're going to sell enough to justify doing them at a cheap price and i think that's i think that's uh it's a well thought out business plan and i'm i'm all for it considering guess... it go on man i was going to say considering in the same week we've seen the official meris yeah um chase bis reverb the 1978 i think it is reverb collaboration which is going to be something like 750 pounds yeah. i mean granted it's obviously like got flying faders and stuff but you know in a world where you know, when we've talked about it loads, that we just, we couldn't imagine a time when a pedal could cost that much money and be yeah. in such high demand. You know, Chase Bliss announced that with the Automatone um, preamp, you know, they've just sold, they've just made their thousandth unit. You know, and you're just like, that's mad. Considering like we couldn't even sell a, a Pigtronics phaser for 199 quid like eight years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's great that someone's sort of bucking the trend, I think, in some ways and gone, here's some really simple, like you say, just, I want a reverb. Just, I just, I don't want anything fat. I just want a reverb. Um, and I think that's, I think it's great. I think that's, I think I completely missed the point uh, on these when they first came out. Because I was a bit like, when people were raving about them, I was like, man, what, what, like, how are we getting excited about a, a £99 pedal range where there's no... You know, there's there's no cool thing on any of these. There's no like weird control that also does this. You know, there's there's all of those things that I think we'd come to expect as standard, or certainly especially us, especially we had come to expect as standard from reading, you know, all the press releases and and getting all of those all of that sort of flowery language that you get when a new thing's being released. And it's like, oh, this is exciting because this new pedal also does this and it can, the controls work in a completely different way to how everything else is. These are just very, this is functional. If you want a chorus pedal, this is a chorus pedal. This is a delay pedal. This yeah. pedal is a drive. These They are simple and functional. And I completely missed the point and was like, these are just cheap JHS. Who cares? You can get a great JHS. You know, you can get the... You want to drive, get the bonsai with like 11 different tube screamer models on it. Surely that's what you want. But I completely missed the point that price is a big element. And for, you know, not everyone wants to spend infinite amounts of money on pedals. Certainly if, if I stopped doing that, I might have money, you know, <laughs> for things in life. But um, <laughs> I, they are a great idea. They do actually look really good. Um 
whilst I was sort of when I put this into the the notes for this week, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a right pop at this because I think it's ridiculous that everyone's getting excited about it. I then went and watched the JHS video where they had all their US builders play through the pedals. And I got it even then on that video. And I was like, oh, I love the simplicity of all these effects. I love that they've removed the ridiculousness of effects pedals. That's sort of the the flamboyance, the ever-increasing flamboyance of pedals. They were just they just all sounded good. And it wasn't even like they sounded simple. You know, it was like the drive sounded great, transparent, lovely. The delay, you know, you could do really gorgeous sort of ethereal things with it on the on the analog side of it the reverb i thought was surprisingly sort of expansive and lovely you know it's it's they're actually really good <laughs> they're not just you know whilst they don't have a million features to control they're really good they're 99 dollars. can we get them in this country yet are they out uh i think anderton's did a video so i assume so i assume Ooh. they're i assume we'll see them at some point exciting um but it's you know I, I think it's just it's very easy for us to get kind of wrapped up in feature 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 brand 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 and you know it is important to kind of think back to when we worked in the guitar shop and you know guitar shops are very intimidating places and if you go in and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to buy like a delay pedal and someone says, OK, cool. Yeah. What do you want? Here's 15 different options and they're all 400 quid. It's like, oh, that's not really. Yeah, I just sort of want to spend like 100 pounds. Yeah. You know, to be able to have a brand name that you recognize, I I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Super cool. Very cool indeed. Now we are actually coming up to the end of um, of this week's podcast. Um, should we squeeze in one last piece of news just before we go? Jay Cross wants. Uh, oh no! Oh no! We've missed a really cool, awesome thing this week, um, Matt. Um, can we try and squeeze it in? Well, can what do you want to? Because I, I kind of, I want to kind of move away from pedals, but I, I can. Uh... I, I don't know what you want to go to, Joe. I would love to talk about this copper sound, e- even if we just mention it and then talk about it more next week. Uh, we'll we'll certainly try to get one across from Copper Sound because they're a, a pedal company that we've done a lot of things with in the past, and and we really think they're absolutely amazing. They've uh, they've done a collaboration with Jack White, um, who of course also recently did a collaboration with um, Game Changer Audio. Yeah. with their fuzz i um i've seen a lot recently from um so this is the sort of collaboration with really i guess with what they call third man hardware which is part of third man records which is jack white's record label um i think i want to say based in chicago but it might be nashville i can't remember and i saw a thing recently of um going through his record store i mean it's it's all themed like black and yellow the whole store is like black and yellow um but it's wicked so there's a couple of things you can do there you can go in and they've got an old um singing booth right that you can that you can cut direct to vinyl for like five dollars you can sing into it and it just cuts direct to vinyl or they've got a full studio with a stage that you can perform on and then cut that straight to vinyl and like 
like a like proper studio recording quality. Um, you know, and he the Jack White's just really serious about guitar tone and this pedal, I think, the triple graph it's called, um, apparently has been in development for four years. <laughs> while he was taking prototypes and stuff on the uh, on the road but it's effectively a digital octave up and octave down on two different trigger switches with an auxiliary switch in the middle so there's an auxiliary loop that you can add anything into um, or you can use it as a kill switch but uh yeah just madness it's it was based originally off the copper sound telegraph which was um, a not for feet uh, pedal. It was a kill switch that was designed to be used with your finger, based on an old um, yeah Morse code, Morse code machine. Thing. Yeah. So um, I think this is super cool. I think it's a cool, a very, very cool idea. They're making a hundred in limited edition yellow um, for um, I'm guessing for his sort of his store, uh, which comes with a certificate of authenticity, um, and then I guess the rest are in a matte black. Yeah, in a matte black, um, and but. I've, What's cool, both models come with a custom-designed 130-page book that documents the origin story of this innovative pedal. Oh, that's very nice. Cool. That's very, very cool. cool. <laughs> Although, oh, then I got to the price and I was like, ooh, a bit more than I uh, I expected. I'm sure it's great, but it uh, starts at 399 So, yeah, the uh, the opposite end to the thing that we were just talking about uh, <laughs> yeah. in terms of JHS's pedals. Yeah, yeah, still super cool. Um, yeah, I definitely want to get a chance to try these out. I love that they've got those stutter foot switches. I think they look absolutely outrageous. I, I need to see a demo of these in you know being used because I'm sure I'm sure they are absolutely fantastic. Now that actually uh, that brings us to the end of time for this week's free episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can of course listen to an entire extra episode of Guitar Nerds every week over on our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. And you can also find that in the description of this podcast. Um, this week over on the Patreon episode, we will be taking, we'll be answering questions from the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. And if you want to join us, you can become a Patreon supporter from only a dollar a month. Uh, at a dollar a month, you'll get this episode ad free and early every week. At $5 a month, you can enjoy uh, all of the extra series, the Patreon series and everything else, and our entire back catalogue. And at the $10 tier, you get all of those things, plus I'll sing your name in the song at the end of every week's episode of the podcast. You can follow us on all the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds and join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, guys. Bye bye.
Russ Edwards and Nate Naked, Stephen Locke and Aaron Sherman and Dave Lee. Matt Bellamy, Jake Gray, Scott Kennedy, Blake Wyland, Christopher Loseth, and Hans Ams, Eric Rich, Rob Novick, Steve Mervyn, David D. Short, Robin Smith, and Brad Page, Andy McKenzie, and Scott O'Brien, and Paul Corrigan, Will Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.